Welcome to Crossroads Connection. This is a show all about having conversations surrounding life, ministry, and culture. I want to say a quick thank you to our friends at the Truth Network for airing this program. And thank you for listening today. I'm Tyler, and I'm joined by Jamie. Jamie, it's great to see you. Hey, Tyler. It's good to see you, too. And we are joined by the one and only Andy George. Andy, how are you? I'm doing great, Tyler. And Tyler and Jamie, as always, it's great to have both of you here with us on the journey of Crossroads Connection. You know, it's been almost yes. a year. Can you believe that? It's been right. almost, almost a can't. year. <laughs> I know. They really did fly by. Yeah, it went by very, very quick. And what a year it was. Very, very interesting year to say the least. And uh, <laughs> but here we are, you know, here we are. And uh, we want to thank everybody who are listening right now. So however and wherever you are listening from, we want to welcome you. And of course, if you've missed any of the previous episodes, I want to encourage you to go to crossroads.org slash radio, and you'll see all the episodes there, and you can actually subscribe to the Crossroads Connection podcast, which also has the same mm-hmm. episodes as well. So if you like what you're hearing and you want to hear more, <laughs> then it'd be helpful to go back and take a listen back throughout yeah. the year. But we are we are glad. We are grateful. Uh, we're so thankful for the opportunity we've had this last year to do this and uh, excited about the episode today. Yeah. So, so much of our episodes in this show, Andy, has been marked by our theme of the previous year, transformation. And we've now got a new theme for this year, 2021. Why don't you tell our listeners what our theme at Crossroads Fellowship is? Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I think like a lot of people do, a lot of people, as they go towards the end of a year, they start to think about and hopefully pray about a word or a theme for their own personal life going into the next year. I mean, let's face it, how often do we see that in the month of December? Everybody was, you know, hey, this is my word for next year, or this was my word for the previous year. Well, we do kind of the similar thing for us as a church. We seek the Lord and we say, okay, what do you want us to focus in on as a theme? Now, we have a clear vision. We have a clear mission and strategy and purposes for our church, but this is something that we can just rally the whole church behind for a given Mm -hmm. year. So last year, as you mentioned, was transformation. And it was an incredible year. We walked through the entire Bible from Genesis through Revelation through the entire year. And it was very transformational for us and our church. And as we approached the end of 2020, going into 2021, we did the same thing. We sought the Lord and really we came away with one word and that word was reach. And so the goal for us as a church, which it's honestly transformation, reading the Bible, reach. It's not just a Crossroads Fellowship goal or theme. It's kind of an all-believers thing. Uh, So in other words, reach to me is about evangelism. So how do we actually reach people? How do we reach our city? How do we reach our state, our country? How do we reach the world? And it starts with us as individuals. It starts not just as a church, as an organization, but it starts with our zip code, with our neighborhood, you know, with our, where our kids go to school, where we work and play, it starts there. So that's kind of where it came from, the whole reach. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so we just started that uh, about a month or so ago, and we're pretty excited about it. Yeah, it was really cool, too. I think one of my favorite things, I know many people at our church, about last year was walking through the entire Bible in a year. But it kind of seemed like when we got to uh, the fall, when we kicked into the New Testament, it was like we were drinking from a fire hose because we went through so much material in the whole of the New Testament in such a short time. So I love that you kind of realized that and are... Um, preaching, your, your, your sermon content for this year is going to be walking through the 13 Pauline epistles. And I love that you're going to be taking the time to, to do that. And so what kind of led to that decision? 
Yeah, it's it's, same, it's part of the same process as we were thinking through um, praying for the theme of the year. We also take time and really think through what our sermon series are going to be. Mm-hmm. And last year, it just kind of worked out like, okay, we're going to have transformation as a theme. We're going to walk through the whole Bible. It just made absolute sense, and we felt that God really led us to just basically preach as we read. So it was very clear the entire year. And again, similarly to this year, as we were praying about the theme reach and the overall theme of evangelism, we also want to make sure we're balanced. And so there's a balance between evangelism and discipleship. If you get too focused on evangelism, then you focus a little bit more on maybe the attractional side or outside of the church. And if you get too much to the discipleship side, then you kind of forget about what else is happening outside of the church and get very inward focused. Mm. Uh, and so we try to think, well, what would be a good blend between, how do we actually grow deeper and wider at the same time? And when you look at Paul's writings, specifically his 13 letters that he wrote, uh, I like to say that's kind of the meat and the potatoes of the New Testament. It's really for both. It's for people who want to go deeper in theology and doctrine. And it's for people who are looking for real answers. And so what you find is that Paul writes a systematic theological approach where he really goes deep into an area of theology, but then he gives very quick practical purposes or a very practical explanation of why he went that deep. And we're going to kind of follow that model. So we're basically walking through starting this month um, or starting in January and now this month in February and then moving forward. We started in Romans, now we're in First Corinthians, and we're just going to kind of keep walking through that pathway as we move forward as a church. And so that's really what it's about. So we're going to go through the 13 over the course of the year, and it's going to be a great, great journey. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Well, I do believe we are going to listen to a clip from a recent sermon. Um, this one would be out of the Book of Romans. And so let's hear a quick uh, word from our sponsor, and then we'll hear some of this Reach 21 sermon out of Romans. Perhaps you've asked yourself this question. Are you running the business or is the business running you? How might your teams grow if your teams were driving the business forward instead of you? You are sitting on a wealth of untapped opportunity. It takes courage to learn how to create a culture where your people are truly empowered to own their seats. My name's Cheryl Scanlon, business and executive coach. Working together, we'll go straight to your core challenges to sort through competing demands and realign to your highest priorities for measurable results. Visit c3advantage.net. That's C3Advantage.net. He reads this letter. I want you to sense his, his attitude, but then he turns the script and he gives us the why. He gives us the why of why reaching people is so important. And then at the end of the morning, I'm going to close with giving us five practical ways to reach people in 2021. Are you with me so far? So we're just going to walk through the first couple of verses here. And then I'm going to give you five ways to reach people in 2021 that you can keep in front of you. Uh, I've, I've had this in front of me for the last month or so as I've been working on this, and, and it's just really helpful. It's just real practical. Because, uh, again, I want to equip you to, to get you going to this year. And then the next three weeks, we're going to dive real deep into Romans, and uh, it's going to be exciting. So here we go. Chapter, uh, chapter 1, verse 8. It'll be up on the screen as well, and if you're online, you'll see it down there as well. It says, first, I love this, first. I thank my God through Jesus Christ for all of you. What a great posture, first of all. I just love that. He said, first off, I just thank God for all of you. What a great posture. What a great heart. That's where we start. A heart of gratitude and a good posture. I hope for you this year that maybe today, maybe you haven't the first or second, but today on the third, that possibly today that your posture begins to shift and change to a posture of gratitude and a posture of thankfulness. 
even if this last year was a horrible year, even if you're going through a rough time. There's something about being grateful, isn't there? There really is. There's something about worshiping our way through and being grateful through even our hard moments that shape us and, and just, just mature us as believers. And it's very helpful. He says, I thank God, God, Jesus Christ, for all of you because your faith is proclaimed in all the world. For God is my witness, whom I serve with my spirit in the gospel of his son. Now watch this, that without ceasing, watch, watch what Paul does next. Without ceasing, I mention you always in my prayers. Again, what a great, what a great thing, being grateful for your fellow brothers and sisters and constantly praying for each other. Asking that somehow by God's will, I may now at, le- at last succeed in coming to you for I long to see you. So again, you're seeing Paul's heart for the, for the people. But he wants to go there to do something. Again, it, it's, a, it's an attitude. It's a, it's a posture. What you're going to notice over the next 12 months is, is the way that Paul writes. Paul's a brilliant theologian, first of all. And, and in Romans, he gets pretty deep, which is pretty awesome. Uh, but he'll also respond back with, listen, all this, I, I just, I, I just want to tell you about Jesus. I just want to tell you about him and him crucified. I just want my message to be marked by the Holy Spirit and by his power, and that's what I want to do. And I love that Paul, this brilliant theologian, can keep bringing things down to the practical and the the main thing, the main thing is letting people know about Jesus. And his heart here is he wants to go because he wants to impart spiritual giftings to them. He wants to pray for them. He's longing to see them. He wants to go so that they can actually, whatever he has on him, he wants to give to them. And I'm just telling you, that's, that's our attitude as your, as your staff that is here to serve you. That's our attitude towards you. Whatever we do, we just want to give you whatever God's given us. We just want to give it to you. Whether that's times of encouragement, whether that's times of correction, whether that's times of prayer, whether that's praying for you and empowering you, whether, whatever it is, that, that is our posture this year that we want to just give you what God has given us. And that's not just me. That's, that's our entire staff and our entire team. In fact, right now there's a ton of teenagers in the room right behind us. That's Pastor Steve-On has been praying for your teenager and prepping for this morning for weeks and weeks and weeks to give them something that's going to help them in this crazy, crazy world. Pastor Matt and Laura are down the hall with your kids right now. Anybody grateful for kids' ministry? Otherwise, you'd be chasing your little kids around here. So grateful for kids' ministry. I have a 21-year-old. I'm grateful for young adult ministry. And all these ministries are here to help equip your kids, not babysit them. Not just give them something to do because this isn't the room they should be in, right? They should be anywhere. They can be in here for all that matters. But it's just a way to help impart that. So here we go. Let's keep reading. Uh, he, he goes on and says, that is that we may be mutually encouraged, mutually encouraged by having each other's faith, by each other's faith, both yours and mine. There's a sense of encouragement. Uh, listen, uh, again, just real stop. Uh, this is why, to me, this is why coming together like this is so important. It is so important for us to come in this room to be here to encourage each other. And listen, I know there's a ton of people watching online and I'm so grateful for you watching online. I know that the season that we're in right now, there's a lot of people watching online for good reasons because they feel they have to and they can't come. But let me just tell you, either here online, make church a priority. And don't get so used to being home that even when you can actually leave home, you just stay home. Get to church. If you're healthy enough and feel safe enough, get to church and make it a priority. It's important. For that right there, mutual encouragement, each other's faith. He goes on and says, I do not want you to be unaware, brothers, that I have often intended to come to you, but thus far I've been prevented in order that I may reap some harvest among you as well as among the rest of the Gentiles. 
And watch this. He said, I am under obligation. There's a sense that Paul feels for this church, for the believers. He feels obligated. There's a sense that, that he wants to be with them so much in order to reap the harvest with them. And he feels personal responsibility for them. You're going to see this in all his writings. To all these different churches he writes to, to all these different communities he, he writes to, he feels such a burden and an obligation to be a spiritual father to them, to impart to them, to train them. At times he's going there to correct them because a lot of bad theology was happening, a lot of bad doctrine, but he feels obligated. And, and I stop there and I would hope maybe you circle that or underline that because listen, you and I at some point, and it's only by the spirit, right? I, I'm not here to convict you. I'm not here to persuade you. The spirit's got to do something in our hearts that you and I actually feel the weight and the obligation of our city, of your neighbors, of your coworkers, of your classmates. Because if you don't feel that, and if you don't feel the weight of that, then you're not going to implement reaching them. The commission is just going to be something that you read in the Bible, but not personally do. That's something that the Holy Spirit's got to get a hold of your life in. That's something that only God can do in your heart. If all you do is mentally get there, you're not going to have enough empathy to actually do what God's calling you to do. My prayer for you is, is that, and for this church, is that over the course of this year, that God will do a work in our hearts that we actually start to view people with an obligation and a responsibility. You with me? He goes on and says this way, he says, I'm under obligation to the Greeks and the barbarians, to the wise and the foolish. So I'm eager to preach the gospel to you also who are in Rome. And I love this iconic verse from Paul, uh, for I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes. Did you catch that? That's, that's our power. It's, it's the gospel. And the beautiful thing is it's for everybody. Whether they agree with you or not, whether they look like you or not, whether they have the same ideologies or beliefs, the scripture and the gospel and salvation is for everyone. And guess who God chose to do that and be part of that? Me and you. He chose us to do that in our city. To the Jew first, also to the Greek, for in it is the righteousness of God revealed for faith, for faith. And as it is written, as it says, the righteous shall live by faith. It's a powerful verses. It is the posture and the attitude. Let's turn the page real quick because it also helps to know what's at stake. I like how Paul opens that. And I wanted to open with that as we go into the book of Romans because it's not only the, the first chapter, but I think you get a sense of the, the obligation, the passion the weight of the responsibility that he feels. We know that in Jesus' word, he says that the harvest is out there that's ready. The harvest is not the problem. The problem is not that there's lost people. The problem is not that there's not enough, you know, sin in the world or enough lost people in the world. The problem is that there's not enough people to go actually share Jesus with them because we've dropped our responsibility universally. There's some of you that are probably doing a great job at this. There's others that probably are struggling with this. Let me help us understand the weight of this. For the next few verses, there's about seven verses I want to read. All I'm going to do is read it. I'm not going to commentate on it. I'm just going to read it. And I want you just to follow along with me. Just, just let these words that Paul wrote roughly 2,000 years ago, give or take, let these words just settle in because as I read them, 
it did something to my heart and, and it wasn't guilt and it wasn't shame on people and it wasn't negative. It was, it was a heartbreaking moment because I think this is true today. This is why it is so important for us to reach people today. Here we go. Just follow along. Starting verse 18. For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who by their unrighteousness suppress the truth. For what can be known about God is plain to them because God has shown it to them. For his invisible attributes, namely his eternal power and divine nature, have been clearly perceived ever since the creation of the world in the things that he has made. So they are without excuse. For although they knew God, they did not honor him as God or give thanks to him, but they became futile in their thinking and foolish, and their foolish hearts were darkened. Claiming to be wise, they became fools and exchanged the glory of the immortal God for images resembling mortal man and birds and animals and creeping things. Therefore, God gave them up in the lust of their hearts to impurity, to the dishonoring of their bodies among themselves, because they exchanged the truth about God for a lie and worshiped and served the creature rather than the creator. Hey, can we just take a moment and just let that sink in? Just take a moment and feel, feel the weight of that for a moment. The reason why Paul was so anxious to be there to reap a harvest with them is the same reason why you and I should feel that same burden today. Because people have exchanged the truth about God for lies. And instead of worshiping the one true God, we begin to worship everything else. And you're seeing this happen. Paul said that God gave them over to their lusts, gave them over to their desires. This is what's happening in our world today. This is why you and I have to understand the importance and the obligation of actually reaching people. I want to close real quickly with five practical things. I've just taken the word REACH as an acronym. It helps us remember things. It helps me remember things. And I just kind of take these, this word and broke it down the five things that you and I can do right now to actually reach people this year. So here we go. Write these down. The first one is R. Just to be real quick. R, we got to recognize people. That might sound pretty obvious, but how often do you actually see somebody? Like really see somebody. Not just notice them, not just like say hi to somebody, but how often do we actually truly recognize somebody? See them. See what they're going through. See the kind of lifestyle that they're living. I wanted you to do this for me. Under number one, I would love for you to do this. I want you to write down, I, I, I tagged it, who are your five? I want to challenge you with something over the next year starting today. Would you allow God to put in your heart and your mind even right now five people 
that between now and the end of this year, you would love to have them come to know Jesus. Five people. And there's a reason for that. Five people. Because what would happen over the course of the year if you started praying specifically for those people? Individually. What would happen if you would, would, would actually apply what I'm about to show you to those five people? Now, you can certainly do more than five, and, but I just, I just think, and then the question kind of came up, do you actually know five people that don't know Jesus? I would say that most people do. Classmates of yours, coworkers, maybe even your own family, neighbors. I think there's something beneficial about asking God, God, just who are, who are five people, God, you could put on my heart that I could start to actually feel the weight of this and the responsibility to actually show them Jesus. The second one is this, is E. I, I think this is critical. It's empathy. Empathy. I'm working right now just kind of on my own personal life and list of, of what God has kind of taught me last year. I don't want to look at 2020 as a bad year. I want to look at it as a learning year. Instead of asking what, why God did this happen and, and what, why did this, like what, what? What are you teaching me about myself going through this last year? One of them became really clear immediately and that was God taught me a lot of empathy this last year in a way that, that maybe I didn't even know I even could. A lot of that was during the racial tensions time that we had, the political season we had. A lot of it was just just seeing people and knowing that they're suffering and just allowing that to kind of affect you in a positive way, in a good way in your heart. I think so often, especially maybe, maybe someone like me, I, my, my kind of mercy and, and those kind of gifts that I'm, I'm always uncomfortable with those just personally, maybe it's just me and as a guy, whatever it is, I don't know. But I've always kind of just kind of held it out there and I, I allowed it to kind of, kind of get in here this year and it, it radically changed just my outlook. And it was painful. But I think that without empathy, though, do we really have the desire to actually see change happen in somebody's life? Because I think without empathy, you, you just judge people. Or you see somebody and you just start, like, making up a story. You know, you just kind of make up, like, the, the narrative that you think they have instead of just, well, I might not agree with you, but I'll be willing to hear you out. I might not agree with your stance or what you're saying or your reasoning, but empathy allows me to actually sit with you and have a civil, mature conversation and try to put myself in your shoes. Which leads to the next one is this, is that's A. Three is A, and that is, and I like this word, actively. Actively listen and pray. Actively. Like to really listen to somebody. To, to sit down and lock eyes, like eyeball to eyeball with somebody and just listen to what's going on in their life. One of the things I think is important in doing that is you kind of know how to pray for them if you listen to them. So as I listen to people and listen to you and listen to others, it's just amazing how you kind of can start targeting how you're actually going to pray for them. And so empathy kind of leads to that, right? I get to, and they kind of work hand in hand. So if I recognize and truly see people and I allow God to just give me empathy for them, and then I actively kind of listen to them and, and really pray for them. Again, back to that, who's your five? What would happen if you just actively prayed for those five people every day? Just commit, just to pray that God would get a hold of their life and become their savior every day. What do you think could happen? I believe in the power of prayer, do you? Like, I believe that God hears our prayers. So what happens if we just start targeting those prayers for those people? The fourth one is this, number four is 
to craft your testimony. Oh, this is so important. Like if I sat down and had coffee with you, which hopefully one day we can actually do that in an actual coffee shop and not sitting outside in 30 degree weather. And I said to you, and that's how I want you to think about it. Hey, would you just share your story with me? Just a story of, of who Jesus is in your life. Would you be able to do that like kind of clearly and concisely? Or would it take you like 45 minutes to go the long way around and by 20 minutes I'm like, I'm not even sure what we're talking about anymore. You're kind of just rambling. I think, I think most people know their story but don't know how to actually communicate their story. I would challenge you to write it out. Write your story out. Share it with one of your family members just to, just to share it. Just to say, hey, does this make sense to you? Sometimes it's hard to put into words what the supernatural God that we don't see did in our life. It's hard to, to put those into words that people who don't know God would actually kind of get their mind around, right? So what, did, what has God done in your life? What is God doing in your life? Can you actually do that? That's one of my favorite questions. If I don't know you, if you are met with me, you probably realize that, that one of the things I, I do is that I usually lead with that question. Like, hey, just tell me about your story. Tell me how you got here. Tell me what's just going on in your life. And I just like to hear the story. And it's your story. But I think crafting it and getting it pretty good, because you might only have a window of a three-minute window. You might have only five minutes. You might have a car ride going to lunch with somebody. I mean, whatever it is. But you actually know your story. And the fifth and final thing is this. And I'll end with this. Is the H. It's to help people by serving them and actually sharing your story. If you want to help somebody come to know Jesus, one of the greatest ways that you can do that is to serve them. Find a way to serve them. Find a way to just help them out. Find a way just to, to fill a void in their life. Thank you for joining and listening to our program today. And thank you to Crossroads Fellowship and the Truth Network for making this show possible. You can find out more information about Crossroads Fellowship at crossroads.org. If this show has impacted you, we'd love to hear from you. You can contact us at info at crossroads.org. Thank you to C3 Advantage for sponsoring this program. We look forward to having you join us on the next show. Your success as a leader hinges upon buy-in from your teams, clear and consistent communication from you, and strategic delegation. My name's Cheryl Scanlon. C3 Advantage helps you steward your most valuable resource well, improve retention, grow employee engagement, and generate higher team and individual ownership. The success of your organization begins with you and depends on your team. Go deeper as a leader and watch your organization go further. Visit c3advantage.net at c3advantage.net.